Well, hey there, and welcome to the Scattered Saints podcast. My name is Josh. Thanks so much for joining us today. We have an awesome message from Pastor Jeremy Wolfram, our lead pastor from our Glory Hills campus. He's bringing an awesome message of hope and faith in Jesus. And we are so excited that you can join us today. So turn up your volume, get ready, and we'll see you at the end. Welcome today to Church Online. I'm so glad that I get to spend this time with you. If you have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 14, Ezra chapter 3, and Nehemiah chapter 4. We're going to walk through some stuff today that I think God really wants to speak to our hearts as a church and as we join together uh, across all our locations. But specifically, I want you to prepare your heart right now for what God wants to say to you. In Luke chapter 14, it says this, Is there anyone here? who plans to build a new house, first doesn't sit down to figure out the cost so you know if you can complete it. Because if you only get the foundation laid and run out of money, you're gonna look pretty foolish. Everyone passing by will poke fun and laugh at you is what the scripture says. Or he says, can you imagine a king who's gonna go to battle without first deciding whether it's possible with his 10,000 troops to defeat the 20,000 that are coming against him? And if he decides that he can't, won't he set a truce or an emissary before him to make a truce or peace? What I want to talk to us about today is building and fighting. Whether we know it or not, we are all building something in our lives. We fight for things in our lives and we are working out what is going on around us based on the way we choose to put our hand to work on some things and the things we fight for, the things that we fight against. I remember being a kid and waiting till my cousins got older because when we would go to my grandparents' farm, uh, there were a number of tree forts around the farm and the, the big tree fort was for the big kids and the little tree fort was for the little kids and the day came when, I don't know, maybe I was in grade nine or 10 that we were all of a sudden the big kids. Some of my older cousins had moved on, got married, doing other things with their life. And so we decided we were going to take over. We were going to build on to this tree fort. We were going to make it our own. But how many know when you try to do that uh, with other people, there's conflict sometimes in relationships. And I remember building this tree fort, going into it. And what do you do? You needed a flag. You needed to figure out what you're going to do. And the only problem is, is I have two cousins that are all, uh, they're both born within a month of me. So we're all the same age, all trying to figure out who's in charge. And I can't remember what we're doing, uh, what we're arguing about. But at one point, my one cousin, she pushed my other cousin and he almost fell like 20, 30 feet out of this tree fort to hit the ground. So I had to grab him. Then she's mad at me because I stopped it. And it was kind of this whole big fight because... Whenever you're building, there's a cost that comes involved. And whenever you try to build with other people, there are relational things that happen. And whatever we do in life, there is a building and fighting process to everything that we do. You see, we build relationships. We build our bank accounts. We build our families. Uh, Maybe you're trying to build your career right now. Uh, and, and, and you realize that in life, you are putting your hand to work to build something for right now or for your future. And, and whether you would say it or not, I would actually argue that you fight for certain things in your life. 
Uh, sometimes you fight for your kids. Sometimes you fight for your family. Sometimes you're in a fight for your job to get to the place you want to be. And it's in our human nature. Sometimes some of us even fight and put out so much energy to just simply have things stay the same. And when it comes to building and fighting in our lives, I, I believe that there is both a cost and a reward in learning how to do both. See, we need to learn how to build the right things. We need to learn how to fight the right things. You got to fight for the right, not to party, but for the right things in life, because otherwise you end up fighting people. You end up fighting things that you can't change all the time. And whether we do it or not, we, whether we realize it or not, we're building and fighting for something. And scripture tells us this. Scripture tells us that uh, we're supposed to build for something that lasts and we're supposed to fight a good fight of faith. In 1 Corinthians, it talks about how uh, like a skilled architect and master builder, I laid a foundation upon God's grace of what he's given to me. And now others will come along and build on the foundation And each serves in a different way and is built upon with great care. There is a building process that comes in life and we need to lay foundations and we need to build things that last, things that last for your kids, for your family, uh, for future generations. And then Paul said to Timothy, you need to learn how to fight a good fight of faith. Now you need to understand that a fight is only good if you actually fight. And some of you here are like, well, no, 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 I'm a, I'm a lover, I'm not a fighter. Well, tell that to the enemy when he's trying to throw discouragement, uh, depression, like all of these things down on you. There is an enemy that comes at times, and if you just say, well, I choose not to fight, you're going to find a tough road ahead of you. And there is a fight of faith that we walk in and we walk through as the people of God, as those who follow Jesus one step at a time. And so the question is really about how do we build and how do we fight a good fight of faith? And something that I want to lean into and I want us to know today is this, that when we build and we fight, the first thing is this, grace and grief are almost always involved as we build in our lives and fight for what God has for us. See, I want you to know that God has something for you. He has something for your family. He has a plan and a future, and you can build upon his truth, upon his word. We've been talking about worship and and how do we keep moving forward? How do we reboot? And it just means we need to get back to building. We got to get back to fighting the battles and moving forward in life. And when we do that, grace and grief are almost always involved. And when we go back to this story in Ezra, in Ezra chapter 3, they were rebuilding the foundation of the temple. Now, these people were exiles. They had been removed from their land. They had been brought to Babylon, and they were uh, in captivity for all of these years. And then finally, a king arises in Babylon and says, you need to go back to your land, and I'm going to give you permission to rebuild the house of God, to rebuild the foundation, to rebuild the walls of the city. And and so this is what happened. They're in Ezra chapter three and they went and built the foundation. And it says this, this is when the building and the foundation of the temple of the Lord was laid. The priest in their vestments came forward with trumpets and the Levites and the sons of Asaph with cymbals to praise the Lord according to the direction of David, the king of Israel. And they sang responsively, praising and giving thanks to the Lord for he is good 
and for his steadfast love endures forever towards Israel. And all the people shouted with a great shout and they praised the Lord because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. It's pretty interesting that we've been talking about worship and worship was at the forefront when they were rebuilding what God was doing in their lives. It says, but many of the priests and the Levites and the heads of the father's houses, old men who had seen the first house, they wept with a loud voice when they saw the foundation of this house being laid, though many shouted for joy, so that the people could not distinguish the sound of the joyful shout from the sound of the people's weeping, for the people shouted with a great shout, and the sound was heard from very far away. Often, when it comes to building in our lives and following Jesus, things change and we can choose to fight to stay the same, or we can choose to build and keep moving forward with what God wants to do in our lives. You see, God is never changing, but he is always moving and he is moving forward. And, and it was very interesting that at this time in the days of Ezra, when they're rebuilding the foundation of God's house, that there was some who had been there before and seen what it used to be like. There was a great grief that came to them. And there was a great joy to those who were building forward. And I actually believe that both of these things can exist and commingle and intermingle. And it's why we need the grace of God and we need the love of God between us because we all face things in life when things change, when they're not the same as what they used to be. We have to realize that when we get hit with our emotions, when we don't understand what's going on, when grief comes at us like a flood because it's not like how it used to be. Can I tell you that your grief is okay? That it is not condemned by God? It is not something that you're supposed to just pass over? Grief is a very real part of life and change brings grief. But the grief was never meant to outweigh the joy and the forward movement. And the joy in the forward movement is never meant to be passive towards and say, forget the grief. But that's why I believe we need the grace of God so the two can exist at the same time. Because we must actively choose as God's people to keep building what he wants, to keep fighting for what he's doing. And a lot of times that brings emotions that we didn't think we were going to have to face but grace and grief are involved. And when we learn to handle these things properly, when we learn to have grace for one another, when we learn to choose to move through our grief, because grief will either cause us to stop where we are, will cause us to quit moving forward, or we can grieve and move forward through our grief. And God wants to bring a life and a healing. And, and I used to look at this scripture in Ecclesiastes chapter 3. There was a scripture that Solomon wrote about uh, a time to live, a time to die. And, you know, Pete Seeger wrote a song back in the 60s, and he sold it to the birds. It became one of their uh, hit singles. And, uh, you know, steal from the Bible, make a lot of money. I don't know, maybe they gave some money back. I don't know. Uh, that's between them and the Lord. But there's some truth here in this verse. And in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 4, it says this, there's a time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance. 
And now I look at this and I was confused for a long time because I would think that if we're going to talk about laughing and weeping and mourning and dancing, what I would do is I would put all the positives with the positives and the negatives with the negatives, but the writer intermingles them back and forth. And and, and it confused me for the longest time. Why do these things sit so closely together? And one day I realized that all of these things, what they have in common is, is that they're better with someone else. You see, when there is a time to weep, it's comforting and it's better when someone is just there to sit and weep with you. When it's the time for joy, when you laugh with someone else, it actually becomes infectious and your joy overflows and it's just better to laugh with someone else. When there's a time of mourning, sometimes people don't have the answers Sometimes we don't know what to say, but when it comes to someone in their mourning, just having somebody to sit there and be with them gives us a sense of comfort that says there is a grace when we have someone to go through this with. When it comes to dancing, I don't know about you, but when I dance by myself, I look pretty stupid. Um, I might look that way when I dance with with, with someone else as well, but it's better together. And what we have to determine as we build and we fight for what God wants in our homes, in our families, in our churches, in our communities, is that when grief comes, it's an opportunity for grace to grow. When we struggle through change, when we struggle with things not being the same, Neither emotion is wrong. It's okay for people to be excited about change, but it's also okay for people to mourn and have grief if we have grace for one another to say we're going to keep building what God wants and we're going to keep fighting together for His best in our lives. You see, grace and grief go hand in hand. Another thing about building and fighting is this, that the enemy will always take notice when you start building something that brings glory to God. The enemy will always take notice when you start building towards something that's going to bring glory and praise and worship towards God. Now, we learn this as kids. When we build a snowman or a sandcastle and you're almost finished, I remember this, maybe this is just some childhood trauma. You are looking around for that person or that sibling or someone who is just looking to destroy because can I tell you, sandcastles and snowmen don't destroy themselves. Somebody has a vendetta, they're vindictive. They just wanna come and they wanna stomp your work and your dreams to the ground. Well, can I tell you when you're trying to build in life and faith that we have a very real enemy that when we start taking a stand and we start saying, I am going to build something in my family that's godly and it's good and I'm going to keep moving forward. I'm going to start fighting for what is right and what is uh, what God wants me to stand up for. The enemy takes notice and there is an attack that can come on our lives. Now, hear me in this. People are not the enemy. We fight powers, principalities, and we fight things that come against us. But The enemy sometimes will use people, but getting mad at people, the people that sometimes are bringing this grief and struggle, they don't even know that they're doing it. 
And this is where the grace comes back in. But we have to be aware that enemies will rear their head when we start building something that brings worship and glory towards God. In Ezra chapter 4, it says this. It says, Then the people of the land discouraged the people of Judah and made them afraid to build. As soon as they started building what God wanted them to do, there was a discouragement that came. It says this in verse 5, And they bribed counselors against them to frustrate their purpose all the days of Cyrus, king of Persia, even to the reign of Darius, the king of Persia. When they started to build, there was an enemy that reared its head that said, I'm going to frustrate you. I'm going to discourage you. I'm going to cause there to be delays in what God wants to do in your life. And it actually caused the work to slow down and to stop. And when we pick up the scripture in Nehemiah, we're probably about a 13 year span, but Ezra and Nehemiah were both called to the purpose of God and to rebuild the cities and the temple and the walls. And there had been a frustration and a discouragement that came. And can I tell you, when you start standing up in your home and saying, we're not going to watch that anymore. We're going to start building some things that bring glory to God. We're going to fight for what is right and pure and lovely and good that enemies will come and they will try to discourage and frustrate and cause you to delay and say, maybe it's just easier if we quit trying, but God wants us to build and fight with a purpose for things that have lasting value, for things that bring him glory and lead us forward. In Nehemiah chapter four, it says this, then when Sanballat heard that we were building the wall, he was angry and greatly enraged and he jeered at the Jews. Nehemiah verse four, chapter four, verse eight and nine says, and they plotted together to come and fight against Jerusalem to cause confusion in it. So we prayed to our God to set a, set a guard as a protection against them day and night. Building and fighting go hand in hand. And a lot of times There is a battle that comes to frustrate and stop the work that God is calling us to build in our homes, in our communities, in our schools, in our workplace. And there is a spiritual battle and there is a natural building to life. And a lot of times we want to separate them. But the truth is, is they come hand in hand. You see, in Nehemiah 4, verse 15 to 18, Nehemiah recognized that they needed a new battle strategy because of the enemies, even though they were called to a natural work. Said this in verse 15, when our enemy heard it was known to us that God had frustrated their plan, we all returned to the wall, each to his work. So we don't stop working when there's a spiritual battle. But he says this, from that day on, meaning there was a shift, there was a change that had to come. Half my servants worked on construction, half held the spear, shield, and bows, and coats of mail. And all the leaders stood behind the whole house of Judah. Praise was there in the front who were building on the wall. Those who carried the burdens were loaded in such a way that each labored the work with one hand and held his weapon in the other hand. Each of the builders had his sword strapped to his side while he built, and the man who sounded the trumpet was beside me. Can I tell you that your work and your worship can be very closely and should be closely tied together? I mean, this sounds really cheesy, but you've heard the phrase whistle while you work. I would actually say we need to learn how to worship while we work, how to carry what God wants 
in our hearts and in our mouths and in our minds while we work at the natural things that our hands are put to. <clears throat> because when discouragement comes, when an enemy comes, when anxiety comes, when an attack comes, we have the worship of God helping us fight those spiritual battles while we build the thing that we're called to build. See, worship shapes the way that we build and the way that we fight. However, I would argue that when we're weak in our worship, we find ourselves lacking the strength to do either. We find ourselves lacking the strength to build the way God wants us to build and to fight the right battles. You see, things change. Life changes, circumstances change, seasons change. But God keeps calling us to move forward. He calls us to work and worship, to build and to fight. Something that brings glory to Him. Something that carries us through. When we look into the story of Ezra and Nehemiah, the interesting thing about this is that they all had unique purposes. Ezra had his purpose. Nehemiah had his purpose. Even when Nehemiah starts getting them to rebuild the gates, certain families and certain tribes built at different gates and they were building separately, but the wall came together to build an overall vision. And when we build and fight for what God wants to do, a bigger picture starts to form. And building and fighting go hand in hand and work and worship should be tied together. But it's not always easy. <clears throat> Doesn't mean that life isn't difficult at times. And what I believe God is calling us to do, maybe you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, but as you start walking with him, if you make a decision to follow him, he will teach you how to build your life on who he is and how to fight the right battles at the right time and to keep moving through life. Because sometimes this life is difficult and this life is hard. And I believe what we can learn about building and fighting is that we are actually called to do two things. And the first one is this. We need to make Jesus the foundation and build from that place. The best thing you can do in life is make Jesus the foundation of your life. And for some of us that have done that, but we've strayed from it and we've started building on our own and we've started building our own thing and it's causing friction and fights and relationships and all of these things, we need to get back to building from the foundation of Jesus and fighting from that place. 1 Corinthians 3 verse 11 says, There is in fact only one foundation and no one can lay any foundation other than Jesus Christ, the anointed. If life has been hard, if it's been difficult, if it's been a struggle, I just want to challenge you that you need to keep building. You keep, need to keep fighting forward because God has something for you in life. But it doesn't mean that it'll be easy it doesn't mean that in life we will not experience certain things, but it means that everything we build on Jesus actually lasts and remains. When we talk about building a family, we need to build it on Jesus. When we build relationships based out of a relationship with Jesus, it changes the way those relationships look. When we build churches on Jesus, other things can be shaken and fall away. But what remains is the foundation of what Jesus wants and where he's taking us. 
So we build and we fight. There's a story in Matthew chapter seven, and I've talked about this online before. And it says, if anyone wants to build a house um, or not build a house, uh, there was a wise man and a foolish man. And the, the foolish man built his house on sand and the wise man built his house on a rock. And the crazy thing about this story is it says the rains came, the floods rose, the wind beat against that house, and the house on the sand falls flat and the one on the, the rock stood firm. And sometimes in life, I think we think because we follow Jesus, we're exempt from these things, but the Bible never says that. The Bible says that we face storms, we face winds, we face floods, that winds sometimes seem to beat against our life, the discouragement, the frustration, all of these things. But can I tell you the only thing that was the difference in those two stories was the foundation. And when Jesus is the foundation of your life, you can know that you can keep building, you can keep fighting, you can keep moving forward because whatever you build on Jesus lasts. We need to get back to a place where we build on the foundation of Jesus and we fight from that place. But the second thing that I believe we're called to do today is this, is that if we're going to build and we're going to fight for what God wants in our lives, in our homes, in our families, in our churches, we need to make worship our weapon of choice. Deuteronomy chapter 33, verse 7, Moses prayed this over Judah. Judah means praise, the, the, the worshiping tribe. It says, O Lord, hear the cry of Judah. Bring them together as a people and give them strength to defend their cause. Help them against their enemies. See, worship is what's going to help us fight against the enemies we face as we forge forward a future in any area of life to build and fight for what God wants. We fight from a position of worship and we make that our warfare. Why? Because worship changes our hearts and our words before it goes out and it attacks people, principalities, and situations. See, often I think we find ourselves fighting from a place of preference, fighting from a place of position, fighting from a place of what we think should be. But when we make worship our weapon of choice, it allows the Holy Spirit to speak to our hearts and to our lives and to soften us. And when it changes our heart, it changes our words. And it actually redirects and aligns us to build and fight for what God wants, not just what we want. Can I just let you know today that whether you think so or not, you might say, I'm not a leader, I'm not a pastor, I'm not a speaker, but can I tell you, your words are important. When you have a relationship with Jesus and you represent who he is and he's working in your life, your words are important. Your Facebook posts are important. Your emails, your texts they're important because God wants us to use what he's given us and out of a heart and a spirit of worship, he's calling us to build his kingdom. He's calling us to build and fight for what is lovely and pure and good and all that he has for us and to invite other people into that. But so often we're so caught fighting against things, fighting against people, fighting against change, fighting against certain things, and we get frustrated and tired. But when worship starts to change us, 
It changes our words. It changes the way we do war. In Jeremiah chapter 1, it says this. It says when Jeremiah was being called to speak for God or do what God called him to do, it says the Lord reached out and touched his mouth and said, look, I've put my words in your mouth. That's what worship does. It puts what God says, his heart, his spirit in our hearts and in our mouths. And he said this, he said, Today I appoint you to stand against nations and kingdoms, and some you must uproot and tear down, destroy and overthrow, but others you must build and plant. When worship is our weapon of choice, we will be a people who build and plant the things that God wants us to. And when it comes to tearing down and overthrowing, Yes, he gives us a word and he gives us things to speak against things that are totally ungodly or against who he is or his word. But can I tell you that is not about fighting against people. We don't have to align with every ideology And every thought and pattern of the day, we can stand for what is true and godly and right. And we can call out sin and things for what they are. But often we're so busy fighting each other that we're doing it to ourselves. But if we would make worship our weapon of choice, if we would let God change us in our hearts, we can come together, we can keep building, we can keep fighting for what God wants. And I believe that the future he wants to open for us is amazing. Maybe you're here today and you just need to start building again. Maybe you're so tired of fighting. You're so discouraged. You're so weighed down by the things you've been facing in life. Can I just encourage you this this day? Go back to the foundation of Jesus. Go back to his presence. Say, Jesus, I need to start building some things on you again because I've tried it on my own. It's not working any other way. Come back to that place where you build on a foundation of Jesus in your life, in your home, in your marriage, in your family. And just keep building. Fight from the place where you've thrown yourself on the foundation of Jesus. Let worship become the thing that shapes your words, your thoughts, your emotions, and say, God, how do you want me to work through, worship through, and fight the things that I'm fighting right now? Jesus wants to be close. He wants to bring you strength. We can't stop building. We can't stop fighting because it's eternal. It's worth it. It's worth following Jesus one step at a time. And he will help us every step of the way. Well, hey there, and thanks for joining us on the Scattered Saints podcast. If you want to know more about what it means to follow Jesus or to be a Christian, you can go to scatteredsaints.ca. We want to hear your story. So if you fill out your contact info there, one of our pastors will reach out to you. Pastor DeAndre, our online pastor, loves to hear the stories of people who encounter Jesus or who want to know more about him. So go there, scatteredsaints.ca, and we'll see you next week.